rolling, and we are live with Garbage Game Club on Joseph Foress's It Takes Two. Joey, can you hear me? Yes, I can. Dude, you look so. Yes, I can. You look like you have so much concentration on your face. Because I am focused on the important things in life, like friendship, co-op, Joe Biden giving Jill Biden a dandelion before getting on the airplane, which apparently is weird to the right-wing media now. Is this a podcast where I should be talking about Hold that? On. Why is no. He, why is he We're... giving a dandelion? That's a that's a yeah. cheap move. That's a weed. Fuck. Yeah. Fuck. Fuck him. He must Joe not Biden love his wife. Joe Biden supports weed. Confirmed. Joe, yeah. Which I mean, hey man, fucking dank. Um, why why am I talking about that? Because I don't know. Why am I going to talk about it? Takes two because that's what the episode's about. And Nick, if people have been following us on on the old uh, what do they call it? Twitch TV, then they would know that we spent three weeks. After the move, playing It Takes Two. This was not a video game that we sat down. Did we play uh, uh, Did we play um, A Way Out in one sitting? I think we might have. Or maybe no, two. no. We played it in like, no, it was like two or three sittings. Because hmm. we did that back at the Attack Studio. We did, we did. So so we played A Way Out. Uh, we, we played It Takes Two. We, we, we spaced it out. We had some nice breathy streams. You can go back. You can see the VODs. They still exist. But here, because maybe you don't want to play the game with someone else. You should. But if you don't, you can watch us play it. And it might give you some more insight into this podcast. Because I think it's the first Garbage Game Club game that we played uh, on stream. No, we also played Wolfenstein. I'm all over the place. Nick, we are here to talk about It Takes Two, which is awesome because i think that co-op games are a bit of a guilty pleasure of mine i wouldn't even call them a guilty pleasure they are an underserved market that i think joseph ferrer is having uh, a, a grand old time filling that niche because as his games progress with time and as he gets more money for them it only seems like they're getting better and i'm gonna come right out of the gates and tell you that i think that it takes two it's probably the best co-op game I've ever played. I could agree it with is. that. It is. I think it is. I think it's the best co-op game I've ever I, played. I would need to reevaluate and kind of like... I mean, I remember Chaos Theory being real good. It's Splinter Cell Chaos Theory co-op. But I wonder how much of that is just like nostalgia. But I agree. I do think that this is very much in line with that in that it requires the same level of coordination. It requires communication um, and really, it, it, like it, it's oddly enough, a game about a relationship. I do think that it asks its players to kind of build that same relationship as it plays over the course of game of the game, which is nice. And I, I think, uh, you know, I love co-op games, but I think you kind of hit it on the head. I love co-op games that are designed around being co-op as opposed to games that have a campaign mode that, hey, by the way, you can also play the same content with your friend. So, like, that's always nice because it'll turn any game into a good time, like even Wolfenstein Youngblood. Uh, mm -hmm. But I think that when you have something that is designed around co-op, where one player can do things the other player cannot, I think that creates this magical... There, it, it creates the X factor, and that X factor can either hinder or uh, propel, I think, a, a co-op game to the heavens. Because I do think that, you know, throughout it takes two... It's constantly giving both players mechanics that the other player simply doesn't have. 
I can see a world where there are people who are bad at communicating, uh, people who are bad at games who just have an overall bad time with It Takes Two because they don't have the the beautiful relationship that you and I get to enjoy to this day. But I think anyone who has any modicum of communication in them, I do think it really propels the game into something completely into itself. Like it, it's just there's really not much like it which is awesome to say about a video game. Yeah, dude, it's it's really cool. Uh <laughs> It's really cool that it is something that I would put in my toolkit of games to expand people's horizon on gaming because I think that while we're doing a great job now, we we've spent, you know, 30 years developing the medium, you know, more than that, really. But we, we spent like a solid last 30 years developing and iterating on the medium that we love of video games. And ultimately, most games spend time iterating on uh, single player gameplay or multiplayer gameplay. And that manifests itself in like multiplayer gameplay, like, like Call of Duty or Halo. And that manifests itself in, in single player gameplay, like, I don't know, The Last of Us or God of War, where you have these experiences that are, that are ultimately crafted between you and the game. And there aren't many things that exist in gaming still where the real joy of interaction isn't necessarily from the game, but between other people. Sure, you get that in multiplayer games, right? But normally those have a competitive aspect to it. It's it's the cooperative aspect that I that I think is is like seldom lacking. And we have seen things that have stood out in the past, right? Like you you said chaos theory. Uh, one that I throw out often is like um is like uh over overcooked, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Uh, I th I think I think the Castle Crashes has a fond place in my heart. You can say that there's there's couch co-op games like a Tower Fall or a Mario Party that provides like a type of experience of Smash Brothers. Those still have like a competitive nature to them over a cooperative one, right? Yeah. There aren't a lot of things that are like purely cooperative. Uh, Castle Crashers, Chaos Theory, A Way Out, It Takes Two. Like like these are some headline marquee co-op games, and it's it's. Uh, I feel like co-op games for the longest time were made for people who are a pair of gamers, right? But it takes two, and, and the point that I want to get back to is that I think that this is a game that you can take to someone who isn't necessarily a, quote, gamer i think this is a game that you can play with a partner who doesn't play with a lot of a lot of games and this is something that you can bring to someone who is a little bit more um of of, of a you know curse me for saying the word casual gamer or non-gamer and something that you can enjoy yourself with because mm -hmm. it doesn't take a firm understanding of of years and years of entrenching yourself in 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 mechanics and in game theory and and like how stuff works right you don't need to know what everything does because it does a really good job of explaining everything to you it does a really good job of being whimsical and nonsensical and just fun there is very few like it takes two kept on impressing me, not just because of the co-op stuff, but like how rapidly it would shift in setting, in tone, in mechanics to allow for a wide breadth of gameplay. It was always changing and it didn't care if some of that was totally nonsensical. The game is nonsensical mm -hmm. in a good way. 
Yeah, 100%. Like uh I think out, I I think uh, the 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 further we find ourselves in, you know, the evolution of video games from where they were 30 years ago to now, I think we've seen a slow like progression towards cinematic towards serious you know capital s serious games like god of war or the last of us part two or ghost of tsushima but the thing that i found ourselves kind of missing out on are the things that you start to lose from triple a games is like they don't really relish in the fact that they're video games they almost seem to resent the fact that they're video games uh, case in point last of us part two but something like it takes two loves that it's a video game and i think that it it kind of wears that with a badge of honor, which I honestly didn't expect because I thought A Way Out was very much a capital S serious game. Uh, but this feels like so much more just fun, loose, lighthearted, and just like proud to be a video game in that it's, yeah, let's just justify a way to introduce cool new mechanics, which I love. Um, you know, I'm a big sucker for things that constantly shift the way you play the game. And this game is full of like, eight or nine of them like there it's just it's not precious it finds good mechanics and then isn't precious about throwing them away for something new which i love and i think if i had to look back and compare it to anything the closest thing imagine if someone managed to do what titanfall 2 did with that uh time travel level but then extrapolate that into multiple levels where you're always doing something that was just as fun as the time travel thing. And they made an entire game out of that. If you look at It Takes Two, I think every level could be extrapolated into its own game um, to some extent. And I think that there are games that have done that and they're not as interesting because it's very much a one-note, one-trick pony. But the beauty of It Takes Two is that it's always changing up the flavor, which I really, really appreciate. Like, I think the, I think my favorite moments that I found in It Takes Two were the levels where you were in the tree and you had to work with the uh, Vietnam squirrels to fight off the uh, the bees that were in the tree. And I Do you just want to say that sentence again? Because <laughs> I, mean, I, don't, I don't mean to stop you, but like, that's a prime example of how like silly this can be. You're playing with Vietnam squirrels, right? Yeah, like a a thing that gives the outward appearance of like a a DreamWorks animated kids movie, but with the tonal like disparity of like, I don't know, something that you would see more recently like Invincible on Amazon or like a Family Guy thing where it's like, oh, this got dark all of a sudden. But like in a way that's still kind of funny that it's happening because yeah, there are shell-shocked squirrels who are at war waging guerrilla warfare on the bees that are inhabiting their their tree which is just so funny but like the the mechanics introduced for that where the husband my character was wielding like their um like a, a chemical goo spray that joey could then ignite and cause a big explosion by shooting with his gun or i would have to weigh platforms down with my goo gun in order for joey to step on top like stuff like that was so good or the fact that they literally ripped the uh the leviathan axe mechanic from god of war and gave it to the main character where you could throw nails and they come back like that was so good or the hammer and they come back like that stuff felt so good it's just like, hey, what if we took the popular mechanics from other games and then adapted them to our game and then only made one level out of them? And I'm like, yes, please. That sounds great. I I mean, I, I, I don't want to keep hammering the same point, but I just really loved all of the tonal shifts. 
it didn't have to it didn't have to make sense and it's fine that they committed the stuff not making sense right and the, uh, allowing you to change settings so hard with all of the mechanics that also changed hard you never had time to get bored of something yeah if i had a criticism of it takes two i would it, it feels like such a weird criticism it feels like a long game but it's also a game that i enjoyed playing the entire time yet yet it did feel long and I don't really know how that's it because then, then you know, the counter argument is that are you saying there's too much of a good thing? Well, no, not really. It's a good thing, and there was a lot of it. But they, but there were points that I felt like maybe the pacing wasn't as snappy as other parts, and as such, that creates a runtime that gets closer to twelve hours and can feel long because it's not all paced the same. And that's not that a whole game should be go, go, go all the time. Mm. But I wonder if something like this could have benefited from a little bit more of, of a robust speed. Well, I, I wonder too, because I was thinking about that as well. I, I feel very similarly in that it does feel like a long game, but I still enjoyed every hour. Like every time we stopped playing the game, I couldn't stop thinking about wanting to play the game again. But I wonder if that has to do with every time you finish a level and it takes two, it never really feels like you finish a level it really just feels like you're on your way to completing the game. And I think that most games are comprised of small feedback loops of complete the level, get a reward, move on to the next one. I don't think that there was a small little reward in It Takes Two, which maybe is the reason for it feeling like it's drawn out a bit. Uh, because really, you only get that sense of completion once you roll credits on It Takes Two. There is no small in-game feedback for doing something well right away it's very much oh this is just a step in your journey overall which i don't think is a bad thing nor do i think it's a good thing i just think it's different than most games are <laughs> nowadays um you know back in mario whenever you finished a level original mario you would pull the flag down fireworks would pop out you get your point and then you move on to the next stage it's a very clear bookmark at the end of the level um, whereas it takes two kind of seamlessly flows, so you never really know when you finish something, if that makes any sense. Yeah, the lines are really blurred together. Mm -hmm. And I don't right? think that's like a that... bad thing. I just think it is different than what we are used to as capital G gamers. You know, it, it there's no persistent mechanics. Like I think if this were done by any other company, there'd be like you can level up your speed stat now after this level. You could adjust how high you jump. You can unlock a new ability or whatever. But it's very much here are your mechanics. Here's what you can do this level. Have fun, which is okay. It's totally okay. <laughs> but yeah, there's no persistent elements that you see in modern gaming nowadays. So it takes two feels a little bit old school in that respect, but in a good way. Uh, one one thing that I really do appreciate about It Takes Two, speaking of that old school flair, I think that the game feels really good to play. Like the movement, because the game is primarily a platformer, the, the speed and movement that your characters move and jump along with their dash all feels really good. Like if they extrapolated that into like a Mario game or like a 64 game, I'd be like, that's pretty good. This feels like a good Mario game. And I was very impressed with how good it felt to navigate the environment in-game. Well, I like, I naturally like button combos that keeps my hands active. Mm -hmm. So like dashing, <laughs> right? running, jumping, like they all feel yeah, good so to like, chain together. 
Yeah, run, slide, dash, run, slide, dash, right? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I like, I like this stuff quite a bit. Um, and, and the game just helps me, helps me do that because it, it does reward me. Yeah, and I think you were t- saying it throughout our playthrough, but it would be really fun to watch a speed run of this game because we found ourselves able to skip a bunch of steps because we kind of mastered the way you move in that game to some extent where we understood the limits of what we could and couldn't do. So we were able to skip platforms. We were able to dash across plat- uh, areas that normally you'd have to wait for. And doing stuff like that is always nice because it feels like the developer is incentivizing the player to pretend that they are smarter than what the game actually is. But in, in theory, the developer made it for you to do that. So you're still playing within their, their, their sandbox, but it feels like you're, you're getting one up on the game, which is always a good feeling because you're, you're quote unquote breaking the game within the boundaries that the developer sets, which is nice. And that feels really good. Uh, but a, a, another weird thing I want to touch on is, despite how precious the, how not precious the game is about its setting and like story beats and stuff like that, like you know the the Vietnam squirrel vets warfare turned into a like that level ended with uh, Joe me driving a plane through the air while Joey was in a one-on-one Mortal Kombat style perspective fight with a squirrel on the wings of the plane. So as I navigated the environment trying to avoid hazards, he was in a 2D fighter that was happening on this moving plane, which is like, that's such a fun idea. It's such a good use of different types of video games. I'm playing through Nier again right now, and like, Nier, I would always say, is a love letter to shoot 'em ups visual novels, and 3D action games. And It Takes Two feels like, oh, Joseph Ferres loves fighting games, he loves platformers and he loves third-person shooters, and it really shows in It Takes Two. Like it feels like it's all of the developers' favorite genres correctly placed together in the same game that feels fun and exciting every single time. It feels like they were just allowed to have fun. Yeah, like someone you know? walked up to him and said, "What if we put a 2D fighter as like the boss fight at the end of this game?" And he was like. I love it. <laughs> and I'm reading I'm saying that in the voice of the book. <laughs> God, what what like what a character. Um and also, you know, what I would have never expected is to walk away from this game with actually emotionally memorable moments, right? Mm-hmm. Like stuff like this, like if you compare it to say a way out, right? Like I'm not finishing a way out and going like, wow, I, I played like a story about, you know, whatever the fuck prison brotherhood, a bonding. Uh, and here, you know, this is the story arc is about, you know, like your, your two estranged parents who are getting a divorce and you're coming together because your daughter is sad and you have to like, you know, try and learn to fix your relationship kind of for the sake of, of your child. Like, yeah, that's the story. But the emotional impact that I'm walking away and taking from this is I'm going to remember the scene of having to murder the elephant <laughs> forever. That, that, that's going to be something like in my video game, like, uh, like reference repertoire, because I haven't played a scene like that, especially not with a friend where both you and I are going, oh, fuck, do we have to, <laughs> do we have to kill this nice 
animal stuffed animal that is our daughter's favorite toy that is begging and pleading with us to not commit some kind of genocide atrocity on it <laughs> oh no we're ripping its arms apart oh it's screaming in pain and telling us to stop like i am going to have that memory now forever and it, and it towed the line of being like i think pulling a scene like that off is very difficult because you it's meant to be funny but it's also supposed to make you feel bad and it did a good job of being both like well like hats off like the pacing in that scene is perfect where you accidentally rip off its ear you accidentally rip off it rip off its arm and leg and then you have to mash buttons to to cut off its arm so that you can drop it off the side of the desk like that's so funny but it's so dark and it's uh it's just it's just it really does feel like someone's just like having fun in a writer's room with a bunch of other people who also like love video games. So yeah, th- that part was great. Also really love that toy chest area, um, that toy chest level that, because there's so many things to do and see. And uh, that that's another thing in the game. There's so much attention to detail and there's so much surplus in every level, whether it be in the form of little side activities of, hey, let's just paint with our bodies because we can dip our toys in paint and then drag it across this thing and then mess around with this creative illustration. Or we can play with a kid's barnyard toy set or whatever. And then not only that, but there's also a series of fun little competitive mini games that are scattered throughout the entire game where you're just playing a competitive mini game against your other co-op partner for no real reason other than that it's fun. And it doesn't contribute to the story in any meaningful way, but it's still nice that it's there. Like, I I really appreciated that. And I do like that there are some games that are clearly easier for one player to do than the other. Like, I like that there are games that are catered to certain types of, like... no, or Like, may, imbalanced? Yeah, it, it's imbalanced on purpose. Because it feels like it, it almost speaks to the, the relationship of the two characters you're playing as. And sometimes that is fair and balanced. Like the shuffling game in which I kicked Joey's ass. Yeah, and other games, well, I mean, there was also uh, input differences because you're playing, you're playing a controller, playing keyboard and mouse. But I, I, I'm assuming that what they were doing is in some of the imbalanced games is they are making you identify with their characters more mm-hmm. by by increasing your level of frustration with your partner, mm-hmm. just like what is going on in the game, which is just cool, um, you know, mechanics as narrative. Yeah, that's, it's, it's perfect because when you, when you have a relationship that's as unshakable as Joey and my, that's really the only way to make it feel like, oh man, like why, why does Joey get to do that? Like that's such a smart and inventive way of adding tension when there may be none to that extent. Um, But yeah, also the game is beautiful in some really like striking (laughs) ways. Like there's a a level where you're navigating the inner workings of a clock. And once you like, you're kind of separate for a lot of that level. But once you meet up with your partner again, there's like this big, beautiful sweeping shot of the entire internal workings of the clock that is pretty damn breathtaking or the end of the game where you're basically on rainbow road it's just like whoa this is good looking like it just looks like a video game but in the best possible way i don't really know another better way of describing that but it's it's epic without being serious epic it's just like let's just make a cool area 
And I really like that. Yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty to look at. <laughs> right? Like everything it it's wild because you know, I remember walking away from E3 last year and going this is one of the games that I'm most interested in. And sometimes when you give something that level of uh, hype, you're you're liable to set false expectations, right? Mm-hmm. And especially because, like, I think I had a lot of fun playing A Way Out with you. I think A Way Out is, like, a good game that does some stuff, but ultimately is kind of forgettable and whatever. I think It Takes Two is really, like the first marquee product they have. Mm -hmm. And what I'm really hoping happens now is that people uh, continue to support this because these are the type of games that I want to see continue to be made. If I got to play a game like this every two or three years with you or, or someone similar, I would be stoked because this is an experience that simply doesn't exist other way, like in other ways in gaming. It, it, it still has this level of novelty and uniqueness, which is which is really worthy of praise. Because while there's there's games that are like this, but worse in some way, mm-hmm. and there's other games that are co-op games that we talked about that are like different. There's only so many of these specific experiences that I think actually exist. And this is one of, if not the best version of that. So I just want more. It feels right? like a, a AAA co-op game, which feels like a thing that shouldn't exist. <laughs> but it should exist because clearly yeah. there is enough of a market for it to exist. And clearly it is a category of gaming that is not just a gimmick, right? And it, and it also is like easy. There's a small barrier to entry, which is get a friend to get this game. But... Thankfully, the game has the built-in friend pass thing where you only need to buy one copy of the game and you could basically give your buddy permission to play the game with you, which is like, I mean, you know, outside of being like a consumer friend, like it's just genius. Like it's, it's so smart. I mean, I, and it's from EA. I imagine, <laughs> I imagine, a, yeah, if Activision will make you buy two copies, <laughs> but imagine a world where you both had to buy a copy and suddenly it is effectively a $120 game. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's no way that flies, right? Absolutely not. But I think now in retrospect, I feel like it is an experience worthy of two $60 purchases, but I'm glad that I didn't have to do that. I'm glad that it was what? 40 bucks. I, I got the game mm-hmm. for free through work. But the game's like 40 bucks. It's not the full price of a full game, which is nice. And um, you can share a copy with your buddy, which is so smart. I also like that. I think normally the issue with co-op games is that there is not enough variety to warrant replay. Mm -hmm. But they definitely intended to tackle that here by making both characters, even though you're playing together, different enough to where I'm confident that I could play It Takes Two, probably not with you, but with another person who wanted to. Right. And if I swapped roles, I would be content with going through the game again. Yeah, I completely agree. I would love to replay this with uh, you know someone else just to see the look on their face while they play the game. Yeah, I... Dude, it, it, it's it's really cool, and, and like I, we're getting into like into like gushy territory because I think that it somewhat deserves it. I'm interested in where they go from here. I mean, if there's a market for two player co op, is there like like uh, like hit me with a four person co op game, Justin? Yeah, Joseph. 
Yeah, I, I, I'm sure that's kind of what's on the horizon is, hey, people really like this. What can we do that's similar but very different? And I feel like adding more more hands into the mix might be the, the, the best possible option. But I think that's about it we have for It Takes Two. Like, I, honestly, currently my game of the year so far, um, equal parts because there's not been that many games that have come out so far. And also, I think that the game's just excellent. It, it is very, very good. And I'd highly recommend anyone interested in playing a game with a friend. This is like a no-brainer. Yeah, I'm trying to think just to myself of like other stuff that I would even, you know, consider in 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 the 2021 Hall of Fame so far. And and be it, I haven't played Returnal. I know that just came out. I know people are giving it positive praise. There's two games that I've been excited to play so far this year: Hitman Three, which we talked about on the show. You can look back and see it, and it takes two. And I agree that as of May 1st, 2020. I anticipate this will probably change as the year goes longer, but it takes two currently my game of the year. And maybe it might make out on top as the game of the year for me. It is, it is that good to put it up with other stuff that I would consider, consider G O T Y material, which should speak volumes about it. And if you're someone who is a fan of um, open critic, not Metacritic, which I think is a superior Metacritic for games, uh, plug for open critic uh it is currently the game that has the highest score in 2021 so not just our opinion boom there you have it but joey i think we're going to continue the co-op train because what is our next game for garbage game club i do want to continue the co-op train nick because there are more co-op games that simply i want to play with you uh you know we 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 played it takes two and next, I want to hit something that is uh, freeware. A free game on Steam called We Were Here. The first in a series of games, uh, which we also intend on playing on stream. For anyone who wants to watch that. Uh, a short, free, asynchronous co-op game. Coming hey. to you next week on Garbage Game Club. There you go. There you have it. And we are going to be playing We Were Here. So until then... Have a good one, and thank you for joining us on another episode of Garbage. Patreon.com slash CyberGarbage TV. There you go. Patreon.com it's slash, patreon.com slash cyber cyber garbage. garbage. And then it's twitch.tv slash CyberGarbage TV. I know. Do the promo. That was a Got test. It. Thank See you, you very much. Goodbye.